Amen. Praise God. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Excited to be in the house of God this morning. Glad to see everybody here. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, my heart is uh, pretty heavy this morning and, you know, this is a special week, a special time that we're really in. And, you know, I stayed up most of the night just uh, meditating on the word and uh, seeking his face and such. And, uh, you know, it's amazing to to want to know the Lord. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And uh, yeah, I know next weekend is a is a special weekend as well. And I'm going to talk about the Savior's cup of rejection and the resurrection, you know, and I can't help but to really make that personal, amen, Amen. and to really think about everything that the Lord Jesus Christ uh, went through for us and how he was a man that was despised and rejected and there was no uh, form of comeliness, no beauty in him that we should desire him and, you know, so amen, hallelujah, hallelujah. So this morning we're going to talk about Uh, The king and his mission on earth with a heavenly mandate to change the hearts and lives of mankind. Amen. Amen. So let's look at uh, Luke chapter nine, verse 51 to 56. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 9, verses 51 to 56. When the days were approaching for his ascension, he was determined to go to Jerusalem, and he sent messengers on ahead of him, and they went and entered a village of the Samaritans to make arrangements for him. But they did not receive him, Because he was traveling towards Jerusalem. When his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? But he turned and rebuked them and said, you do not know what kind of spirit you are of. For the son of man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they went on to a nether village. Amen. Heavenly Father, Lord, uh, we just want to thank you this morning. Lord, we just want to come to you with humble and contrite hearts this morning. Father God, Lord, as we endeavor to know you, Father God, as you make your word uh, crystal clear to us, Father God, open the eyes of our understanding. Father God, Lord, we just want to, Father God, get a... Get a greater depth of revelation of you, Jesus. And uh, Lord, we know that this was a a trying week for you 2,000 years ago. And Lord, we don't take it lightly. We don't take it for granted. Heavenly Father, Lord, and we just want to lay our lives down for you this morning. And and Lord, I I just can't thank you enough, Lord. And uh, my heart is towards you this morning. And Father, I thank you for the people of God here, Lord, that just want to know you and want to draw nigh unto you, Father God, and Lord, uh, leaving everything behind to go on, Father God, unto perfection. And Lord, we just thank you and give you the praise, glory, and honor in your holy name, Jesus. Amen. 
Amen. <clears throat> so no kingdom is greater than its king, nor more wise or powerful than the one who is best qualified to rule it. We have to look at the birth of Jesus to see what was his purpose here on earth to understand what led up to the events of this week in history, which is most commonly known as a Psalm Palm Sunday or Passion Sunday. And the name isn't what's important this morning, but the message is, amen. What happened during this time is what's important this morning. Hallelujah. Let's look at uh, Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 21. Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 21. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been bethrought to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived of her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and ye shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. What wonderful news is that this morning? So Jesus came to save mankind from their sins, not in their sins. You can't be in sin and saved at the same time. That's an oxymoron. You can't go in opposite directions at the same time. You're either serving Christ or you're serving yourself and the devil this morning. The choice is ours this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. So Jesus, on his way to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover, arrived in Bethany on Friday, the day before the Jewish Sabbath. Two days before his triumphant entry into Jerusalem. The next day was the Sabbath. Jesus spent the day with his friends. On what is our, on what is our Sunday, their first day of the week, Jesus made his triumphant entry into Jerusalem. And we could read in John chapter 12, verses 1 to 3. Where Jesus, therefore, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they made him a supper there, and Martha was serving, but Lazarus was one of those reclining at the table with him. Wouldn't it be nice to be at the table with Jesus? Amen. Hallelujah. Mary then took a pound of very costly perfume of pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. Amen. 
I can just hardly imagine what kind of scene that was and being able to sit at the master's feet. What a privilege that is. And this morning, we want to be a sweet-smelling aroma in his nostrils. We want to be well-pleasing in his sight. Amen. Hallelujah. So what is it going to cost us this morning to follow after Jesus? Amen. Hallelujah. So the week before the Passover, Jesus spent the night in Bethany at the home of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. While there, Mary anointed Jesus' feet with costly perfume, a sign of devotion and thankfulness. Bethany was a small town about two miles east of Jerusalem. Here, Jesus would spend his nights during the Passover week, his last week. Bethany, a quiet town, provided Jesus a place for quiet time, a time to be with his disciples, a quiet time to pray. And remember, Jesus had spent three and a half years with these men. And how intimate, how close they had got to, the, yeah. to this man. And, and I, can just, I can just imagine what it would have been like to actually walk with Jesus. Amen. And there were so many things that Jesus had to tell his disciples. And at one point he told them, look, you can't bear them right now. Right. So I want to be able to hear, to have ears to hear what the spirit of God has to say. Yeah. You know, I want to be like the apostle John that laid his heart, his head and heard the heartbeat of Jesus, amen. And each one of the disciples had the same opportunity to do so. But John took the opportunity. And this morning, we want to know the heartbeat of Jesus, amen. We want to know the heart of God this morning. And how it's broken over the sin of the world. Amen. Hallelujah. So let's look at Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem in uh, Matthew chapter 21, verses 1 through 11. So Matthew chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. When they had approached Jerusalem and had come to Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, they sent Jesus, then Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied there and a colt with her. Unite them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, the Lord has need of them. And immediately he will send them. This took place to fulfill what was being spoken through the prophet. Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, gentle and mounted on a donkey, even on a colt, the fowl of a beast of burden. The disciples went and did just as Jesus had instructed them and brought the donkey and the colt and laid their coats on them. And he sat on the coats. More, most of the crowd spread their coats in the road. And others were cutting branches from the trees and spreading them in the road. The crowds going ahead of him and those who followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. 
When he had entered Jerusalem, all the city was stirred, saying, Who is this? And the crowds were saying, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. Amen. <laughs> and I know about uh, causing stirs in a city. Amen. When you go out on the streets and you preach the gospel, it's no small stir. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> so according to the gospel of Matthew, Palm Sunday was the first time Jesus ever appeared in the great bustling city of Jerusalem. Jesus knew that his ministry would not be complete and his mission would not be successful unless uh, until he took his gospel message from the small town of Galilee in the northern part of Israel and declared it in the great temple in Jerusalem. So Jesus, he has spent three years preaching, teaching and healing throughout the small and sometimes remote towns of Capernaum, Nazareth and Bethsaida. Jesus knew that he had to take his message to the great city of Jerusalem. Jerusalem was where every new idea and every new philosophy had to end up sooner or later. If you are to study the trajectory of the New Testament, it begins in small towns such as Nazareth, Bethlehem, Capernaum, and Bethsaida. But the road ahead always seems to be pointing to a more critical state in which the drama of the story could fully and finally unfold. There is absolutely no question about the fact that the key to the gospel, being able to reach the ends of the earth, as commanded in Matthew 28, was that Jesus first take the gospel to Jerusalem. Amen. Hallelujah. How many know we need to have the same mindset that Jesus had? And this is our Jerusalem here in the valley. Amen. And it's up to us to take the gospel to the people that are perishing that Christ died for. Amen. Hallelujah. So Jesus had to go to Jerusalem for the same reason Paul knew he had to go to Athens. Then Ephesus, then to Rome. The gospel had to be declared in places that served as a crossroads of culture and ideas. The message had to be preached in places where the world always was coming and going so people who heard it could take the message with them wherever they went. So coming to Jerusalem on Palm Sunday was not a casual occurrence. It was a strategic decision and a necessary first step in the process of evangelizing the world. Amen. And the disciples followed Jesus's example and 12 men turned the whole world upside down. Amen. Amen. How much more can we do this morning? Yes. You know, when Jesus was going up, he said, you're going to do greater things than I did. Yes. And a lot of people just know that in the area of miracles and such, but it gets deeper than that. Yes. He's saying we're going to do greater works than he did because there's a lot more believers than it was back then. Amen. Amen. 
So are we making our voice known for the gospel this morning? We cannot be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God on the salvation. Amen. Hallelujah. So he left behind places such as Nazareth, Capernaum, and Bethany, and marched his followers into Jerusalem. He had the right message, and Jerusalem was the right place to preach it if he wanted to reach the widest possible audience. So let's look at what happened as Jesus entered in. So the people at his entry... We can discover something about the people of Jerusalem as we look at the Palm Sunday narrative in Matthew. The story boils down to an encounter between two groups of people. Some in the crowd knew who Jesus was and had heard all the stories about him. When Jesus rode into Jerusalem on the first Palm Sunday, the first group responded by crying out, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. However, there were others in Jerusalem that day who had no idea who Jesus was. They were probably the overwhelming majority of the residents and religious uh, people in the city. Their response was not to line his path with palm branches and a garment laden welcome mat. Their response was dismissive and full of contempt. Who is this? Was their question. On the other hand, says Matthew, there were people who were laying their garments on the ground and tearing off branches from the trees to create a kind of red carpet arrival for Jesus. He was the man they believed to be the Messiah, the son of God or at least the one they thought might be the son of David. They wanted him to be an earthly king who would overthrow the Romans and reestablish Israel to his former glory as it enjoyed in the days of David and Solomon. These were the people who were making all the noise and creating all the uproar. They were welcoming the change they thought Jesus's arrival was about to create. On the other hand, there was more urbane and sophisticated citizens of the bustling city of Jerusalem who had no idea what was going on on that day. It may be hard for us to believe this today, in a world of global communications that can bring the most remote locations on earth right into our own living rooms. But most of the people in Jerusalem never had heard about Jesus before that day. There were, after all, 12 gates into and out of the city of Jerusalem. Depending on the gate through which you entered, it was possible for most people in the city to have no idea that anything was going on across town. Most of those who believed the events of Palm Sunday had no idea who this was at the center of all the commotion. Amen. Jesus likes to stir things up. (laughs) 
So I imagine some of the Pharisees had heard rumors about Jesus concerning his teachings and miracles. You know, there's never been a man that spoke like Jesus. There's never been somebody with more authority in history than the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So I can also imagine a few Roman officials had been keeping their eye on Jesus during the preceding three years as the crowds that began to follow him got bigger and bigger. And, you know, there was a time in Jesus's life, you can read in John chapter six, where, you know, he gave he gave the people a challenging message because they were following him at a point because of what he could give them. He was feeding them. So they were following him. And Jesus turned around and said to him, you know, unless you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, then you have no part in me. And they said, well, this is a hard saying. Who can be saved then? And as Jesus looked, a lot of his disciples walked away. And I could just imagine that heartbreaking scene that Jesus had at that moment to see the ones whom he was going to die for walking away from him. And he turned and looked at the rest of his disciples and said, will you go away also? And Peter looked at him and said, Lord, where will we go? You have the words of eternal life. Amen. Hallelujah. God is calling us into a close, intimate relationship with him this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So if you had asked the average Jerusalem citizen about the man who rode into town sitting on a donkey, they never would have associated this fact with the prophecy that foretold of this event. So not everyone in town was shouting Hosanna. For many in that ancient city, the only response to this event was, who is this? In order to enter into this text, you need to use your imagination and wonder about the tone of voice in which their question was being asked. You can tell a lot about what people think simply by listening to their tone of voice when they ask questions. I think there are two possibilities when it comes to how the question, who is this, may have been posed. On the one hand, it might have been a tone of contempt. It was as if they were looking down on Jesus as a country boy who was not ready for the big city. And uh, Peter Smith talked about that last week on how he was just a simple farmer and God was able to use him. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So he wasn't dressed in the latest fashions or moving about with the style or confidence of the great leaders they frequently saw moving through their city. After all, he was dressed in common robes. Amen. Worse yet, instead of riding on a white stallion, as a Roman conqueror would do, Jesus came into Jerusalem riding on a donkey. So he was not the ideal picture of the king that they were expecting. 
Amen. Jesus Christ chose to humble himself. Even though he was God in the flesh, he didn't consider it robbery to be equal with the father. But he humbled himself on our behalf. Amen. And we must humble ourselves this morning under his mighty right hand. Hallelujah. So the people would have been aware of the prophecy found in uh, Zechariah chapter nine, verse nine, where he says, rejoice greatly. O daughter of Zion, shout, daughter of Jerusalem, see your king comes to you, righteous and having salvation, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the fowl of a donkey, that the Messiah would ride into Jerusalem in that way. So here he was right in front of them, and they refused to recognize him. Amen. Hallelujah. This morning, we have to walk in the same manner that the Lord Jesus Christ walked. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. So, however, they were not they were unable or unwilling to connect the uh, prophecy to the man that they saw before them. that this was the Messiah. So hear the scorn in their voices. Who is this? Hear the snare and contempt in their voices as they disdainfully dismiss Jesus. Who is this? This was not the only time in scripture when the news about Jesus was met with scorn and disdain. You get a sense of that in John chapter one, verse 46, when Philip tells Nathaniel, that he wants to take him to meet Jesus, whom Philip believes to be the Messiah. When Nathaniel finds out Jesus comes from the small town of Nazareth, he says, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Amen. Can any good thing come out of the valley? Amen. Is the question we need to ask ourselves this morning. <laughs> Amen. So that kind of contempt for people from small towns is how many in the crowd is how many in the crowd view Jesus on that first Palm Sunday. As painful as it may be to our ears and hearts, imagine that many people in Jerusalem had a similar perception of Jesus on who is this? Imagine them saying these words with all the scorn and contempt they could muster. Not everybody was waving palm branches on that first Palm Sunday. Some people were too busy laughing at the one who seemed to be an overreaching, common country boy. Imagine... There were those in the city who legitimately were impressed by one who could bring crowds of people out into the streets to cheer as he passed. They may not have known who Jesus was, but it was obvious that many people did know him. Hallelujah. So who is this 
Who can cause people to take off their coats and lay them on the ground so his donkey could walk over them? Who is this for whom people would tear palm branches off of the trees to create a carpet? None of the priests in the temple were welcomed in that way. Certainly no Roman, not even the governor, Pontius Pilate, had received a hero's welcome like that. Imagine, therefore, that some people in the city were impressed by what they saw, and they wanted to know more about the man who had caused such a response. The question of Palm Sunday remains the question for us to consider on this Sunday, 2,000 years later. Who is this? This was not simply a matter of interest for the residents of Jerusalem. This is the question that is still being asked and answered today. Who is Jesus? And why should we be paying attention to his teachings? Who is Jesus? And why have we so many people? Why have so many people put their lives under his authority? Hallelujah. You know, there's a quote by Napoleon that I read years ago. He said, you know, he built his kingdom on earth by force and that he had men that were ready to die for him. At a snap of a finger. But he said a greater man that lived than me was the Lord Jesus Christ, because there's millions right now that are willing to lay their lives down for him out of love. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So some people still are. Being contemptuous of Jesus. In the 21st century, there are an increasing number of people who are disinterested in the scriptures, its prophecies, or characters. They are not in any church this morning. There are still people in every city and town around the world who say, who is this? Who is Jesus and why should I listen to him? In a world full of many religions and philosophies where people either believe all religions are the same or that some vague spirituality is all they need or want. It is important for us to have an answer to the question, who is Jesus? Amen. First Peter 3.20 says we ought to always be ready to give an answer for the hope that we have. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So the other side of this question also applies today. There are people who are overwhelmed by what they have heard and seen from Jesus. And they wonder, who is this who is able to achieve such marvelous things? The world is full of books that have a shelf life of a few months to a few years, after which nobody reads it anymore. 
Then there's the story of Jesus as found in the New Testament. This book has been handed down from generation to generation and from one language to another for nearly 2,000 years. Kingdoms have risen and fallen. Ideologies and philosophies have come and gone out of fashion. But during all that time and despite all the other voices and views, people are still lifting up the name of Jesus Christ this morning. Who is this who is able to remain relevant in his teachings and receive reverence from those who hear his voice? Who is this who can take men such as Peter, James and John and turn those fishermen from Capranium into household names in every corner of the earth. Who is this that could take a Pharisee named Saul, an opponent to Christianity, and in a single encounter on the Damascus road, turn him into the chief proponent of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the very man whose name he had once attempted to abolish. The Lord Jesus Christ, when he appeared to Saul on the road of Damascus on the street called Straight, the Lord said, it's hard to kick against the pricks. You're fighting a losing battle against yourself when you're fighting the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Who is this who can take people who pass through the dark night of sorrow and suffering and transform them into surgeons and teachers and musicians and scientists and preachers and scholars and statesmen. Who is this was the question in the crowd of that day. And that question stands here today waiting for each one of us to offer an answer. Who is this? Who is Jesus Christ to us this morning? Amen. Hallelujah. I know that he died for the whole world, but I know that he died for me. We have to make it personal this morning. Amen. We have to make it very intimate this morning with the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the savior of all men, especially those that believe. Amen. God does not take death pleasure in the death of the wicked. He's not standing up there in heaven with a bolt just ready to strike us down. He's doing everything he can in his love and moral influence to persuade us to turn to him this morning. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I had some interesting conversations on Facebook the other day with some men and women that believe that we died spiritually uh, after Adam sinned in the garden. And I just don't see that in the Bible. And I've been contemplating on that over and over again. And I see even after Adam sinned that God still was pursuing him. God still cared about him. God still sewed together the figs and made sure that they were clothed. Amen. And even after they went out of the garden, God still pursued them. God still went after Cain. God still pursues mankind today. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So who is Jesus to us this morning? Hallelujah. Do you speak the words with scorn and contempt 
Or do you hold a better view of Jesus? Do you agree with those uh, throughout Israel who believe Jesus was a prophet? That is what many of his followers said as, Je- as Jesus rode into Jerusalem that day. This is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth in Galilee. All they could say is that he is like Isaiah, Jeremiah, Amos, or one of the prophets. That is what all but one of his disciples told Jesus in the 16th chapter when he asked them, who do men say that I am? The best they could say was, Sam, some say you are Elijah, Jeremiah, John the Baptist, or another prophet. That was as far as their minds could reach. When they said what what not wrong, what they said was not wrong, <clears throat> but it was insufficient. Thank God for that one disciple who had a different response. Thank God for Peter who declared, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And there's many now teaching and denying the deity of Christ. So that's very important that we understand that this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So that's the answer to the question in the crowd on that first Palm Sunday. Let me see if I can put my own personal touch on the answer given by Peter. Uh, Who is this? Hallelujah. He is the son of God. He is the architect of the whole of creation. He is the victor over sin, hell, and the grave. He is the second person of the Godhead, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Who is this? He is the wonderful counselor and the mighty God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He is the one about whom John the Baptist preached in the wilderness. He is the one whose birthplace in Bethlehem was foretold by Micah. He is the fairest of 10,000 to my soul. He is the Lamb of God whose blood has washed away my sins. He is the pearl without price that placed an even greater value on our lives. Hallelujah. Do you know how much God truly loves his creation? And how valuable we are in his sight. That's the reason that he didn't create us sinful. He didn't create us sinners. He didn't create us garbage. Amen. But he thought so much of us and his intelligent design towards us. Amen. Hallelujah. And he's just wanting us to turn to him this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He is the man they loved on Palm Sunday condemned, killed, and buried on Friday, but who got up on Sunday with all power in his hands. Amen. 
And Jesus said, all power on heaven and earth is given to me. And now he's given gifts unto men. That's us this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. So who is this? Caesar is dead and forgotten, but Jesus still sits on the throne. The high priest, Cepheus, who schemed to have him killed, is a minor footnote in history. But Jesus remains the central figure in the world today. Pontius Pilate washed his hands with water, but Jesus washed my soul clean with his precious blood. Amen. Amen. Judas got 30 pieces of silver and then committed suicide. But Jesus, who was crucified and buried, now sits at the right hand of God in heaven. Amen. Amen. And, you know, Judas, he didn't think uh, too much of Jesus. The Pharisees, they didn't think too much of Jesus. Do you know that the 30 pieces of silver was the price for a slave back then? So do you see the contempt that they had for our Lord? Hallelujah. So who is this? Let us conclude that Jesus is the one about whom the triumphant hymn was written, all hail the power of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate fall, bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. That's who he is. He is the Lord of all. He is the Lord of heaven and earth. He is the Lord of the past, present, and future. He is the Lord of the living and the dead. He is the Lord of all. The next time someone, somebody asks you, who is this? Rather, he or she speaks with contempt or amazement. This is what you can tell them. He is Lord. He is risen from the dead. And he is Lord. Every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That is who Jesus Christ is this morning. Amen. 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 Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is an exciting week. Amen. 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 I just can't help but love him. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So that's the message this morning. And uh, I'm excited about next week and uh, to look more at Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, Any uh, prayer requests this morning? Amen. 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 Amen.
Praise God. Amen. Well, we're going to pray for Megan and uh, keep Samuel and Nelda in prayer. He called me this morning. They're uh, traveling out of town. So I said, we'll pray for them for traveling mercies and such. And uh, praise God. Amen. And I know Sister Tracy, she had an announcement uh, about next week. And so, amen. Seth and Shelby will be driving down next week okay. um, from Fairbanks on Friday. Oh, awesome. Amen. You're right. Amen. Okay. <laughs> Amen. Amen. You could go ahead, sister. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't know you want to pray first. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, next, next week, uh, Sunday after church, mm. uh, we're going to have uh, brunch or whatever uh, here at the church. And... Uh, I'm bringing brisket and beans and potato salad, and if y'all would just, mm. if anybody wants to bring bring something, just text me what you want to bring, and, uh, and we will make a, a hot spot for brunch. Amen. 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 Keisha's making wings and cheesecake for those that didn't hear that. Amen. So, yeah, so there'll be no bunnies here next week. Amen. You know, it's uh, it's too sacred of a day. Amen. And that has nothing to do with Jesus anyway, but uh, it's too sacred of a day. Amen. Hallelujah. And then we're also doing some preaching on Saturday at some Easter egg hunts. So we're going to be preaching the gospel out there to them. <laughs> so, so if anybody wants to join us on that, we're going to have a whole eventful day next, uh, the coming Saturday preaching the gospel. Because most of these egg hunts, they don't want to tell people about Jesus. You know, they, they use the cliche, we're just here to love them. But the, if you want to love them, give them the gospel. Amen. <laughs> So uh, praise God. Yeah, so so excited for what's coming up and such. And uh, this week I'm going to work on uh, trying to resurrect the basement down there. And uh, so that's going to be my resurrection week, trying to get the basement up to part and such. So. <laughs> um, well, I'm going to try to have everything fixed downstairs uh, by then. But we'll see. I guess we'll just kind of play it by air and stuff. So, so if anybody wants to help me out with that this week, you know... Uh, so I talked to Samuel about it already, and he's going to come out and help and stuff. So, so amen. So that's going to be my resurrection week, amen. So I'm not going to resurrect as good as Jesus did, of course, but you know, we'll see how it turns out, amen. So let's just go before the uh, throne of grace, amen. Heavenly Father, Lord, uh, we just thank you this morning. Lord, thank you for your precious word, and Lord, uh, thank you for what you've done for us in history. Father God, Lord, let it be uh, relevant to us as it was back then. Heavenly Father, Lord, uh, let us see that you're the, the head, Father God, and Lord, and that we must submit to you. Father God, and Lord, we just want to uh, walk upright in your sight. Father God, Lord, we want to be well-pleasing to you. Father God, Lord, uh, as your dear children, Lord, and uh, we just thank you for having our best interests at heart, Lord, and uh, for constantly pursuing us, Lord, and uh, we just thank you, Jesus, and Lord, uh, Lord, let's just uh, take your word serious, Father God, Lord, and let us uh, meditate on it day and night, Lord, and uh, we just uh, pray for Megan, Father God, Lord, that uh, you reach her somehow, Father God, and 
Lord, uh, you put somebody in her way. You put a Bible in her path. Father God, Lord, uh, you allow her to see that she needs you more than anything in this life. Heavenly Father and Lord, we just pray for uh, Samuel and Nelda, Lord. You give them traveling mercies as they head out of town, Father God. And also for uh, Shelby, Lord, and her husband. That Lord, you give them traveling mercies as they come down um, from Fairbanks, Father God, this coming week. And Lord, we just thank you and we just give you the praise, glory, and honor. In your holy name, Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you for coming out this morning. God bless you guys.